and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. Every week, we bring you interviews with makers and artists of all kinds from all over the world that identify as female, non-binary, or transgender. This week's episode is with the woodworker Boone Loon. Boone Loon is a Cambodian woodworker based out of San Diego who has been woodworking since 2021. She specializes in epoxy and live edge projects and looking forward to growing and learning all skills related to woodworking, especially joinery and CNC fabrication. Boone enjoys working on a variety of projects that allows her to gain knowledge and skills, especially with tools. Boone is also looking to learn and add welding to her resume. And um, to be honest, like, I'm still a little shocked that she only got started in uh, 21 because uh, she's extremely talented and it was great getting to chat with her, learn about why, how she got started um, with uh, wood and resin boards specifically and how she's working to grow her skills and her craft in a local uh, makerspace. So great time getting to chat with her. Now, before we head on into the conversation with Boone, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Matthew from Artigiano Serio, Candice, CJ Woodgrain, Lee, Lee Runyon, Annette, 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel Moody Makes, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Brandy Studio Obey, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so much for your continued ongoing support. You really do make this podcast happen every week. So thank you very much. All right, let's head on into my conversation with Boom. Awesome. All right. Well, I like to start my uh, episodes by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Sure. Uh, My name is Boone Loon. Um, I live in San Diego. I started woodworking about a year and a half ago. And I'm, I mean, I would say I'm still fairly new and trying to find my niche and I'm loving learning everything, you know, and just wanting to just at this point make everything that I can. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I have a, you know, graphic design uh, background. I went to the Art Institute and I love graphic design, but I found that I don't always want to be in front of the computer. I love working my hands. And so um, one day I just, thought somebody do I saw like an epoxy board and I thought to myself oh I'm I'm gonna learn how to do that and then I bought the epoxy board from a local maker and it just like was in my eyesight every single time and I'm like I still need to learn how to do that and um pandemic hit and I was like oh, I'll learn how to make candles and that was fun and great um smelled my house smelled great all the time and but um, you know, a little bit more cost effective, but um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't quite, you know, hitting the passion point that I wanted. And I just decided then to just start 
you know, woodworking. I, I took a class at like a maker space mm-hmm. and I just, I didn't really know anything about anything. And um, I've just kind of haven't looked back since. So nice. here I am. What part of, um, like what area of San Diego are you in? Um, I live in Point Loma. So it's, you know, a little bit more like west. It's where mm-hmm. like, about a mile, a mile from the beach um the maker place that i you know have that i interned and in, i have a, a private spot at it's called make tree and that's in mira mesa so it's a little bit more um it's not north san diego but it's north north from me so yeah. are you from san diego or have you been to san diego um yeah my my wife and i we lived in northern san diego county for uh, almost five years uh we oh. lived in oceanside um and I worked before we moved back to the Midwest. I worked in um, La Jolla area, mm. and that's where our oldest was born in uh, at Scripps in La Jolla. So I'm familiar enough with the area, and I think that makerspace you're at is actually one I went and toured shortly before we moved. I think it was pretty brand new before we moved, like it was just opening. Um, and it was a pretty cool space. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Mira Mesa area. So we moved back to Iowa in early 2014. Okay, because this place, I think it's only been around for a couple of years, okay. actually. It used to be, it, it's sort of like it was bought from a different owner, but it used to be called Maker Space off Marina Boulevard. I don't know if you're familiar okay. with that. Yeah. And then the new owner decided to take it to like this big warehouse and then they renamed it make three. But I think there is a, a couple places um, in Mira Mesa. There's like the fine woodworking, like they have like a, a shop there. So I'm, that's probably what you might be thinking of. I haven't gone there yet, but they have a lot of cool classes I've looked at mm-hmm. online and things like that. Yeah, that's that is something I miss about like the Southern California area is. um there's a lot of opportunity to learn woodworking and to like be in cooperative spaces for woodworking. Like woodworking is just big <laughs> in Southern California yeah. um, versus like here. Um, I mean, in Iowa, I was pretty rural though. I live in like one of the few cities that there are. And um, there is like a, a maker space but it's not like it's definitely not up to the level of like the places there and most people if they're woodworking they're woodworking out of their own shop in their garage space and so it's like you don't even like there's no sense of community like I have no idea unless I go to craft shows um like who else is woodworking in my area so oh wow I would say, like take full advantage of getting to have like cooperative space. Cause I think that helps with like, at least it does with me sometimes just the creativity of like talking with other makers and artists about like what they're working on. And it can kind of spark like that whole, just like, Oh, I could try that. Or I could try that, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm very lucky at the, the, the space I work out of there's um, a, some really amazing some very talented, you know, makers that, I mean, just to watch their projects, you know, come to life, it's pretty inspiring. And, you know, 
we have a really good community here. Even people who do work out of their garages or have their own kind of place. Um, I've kind of made friends with a handful of makers in San Diego. It's pretty cool to like see them at Rockler or, you know, yeah, like yeah. wherever you're like, oh, oh, hey, are you so-and-so from, you know, and they're yeah. like, yeah. So that's cool. But I would say, I mean, that is one of the perks of, you know, having that makerspace. But I think because we we have to have those maker spaces because in San Diego, I mean, like the housing is outrageous. Mm-hmm. I can't at the moment afford a house with a garage. I mean, I right. would love to just wake up and be like, oh, walk to my garage. But as you said, there is that community aspect. So, you know, you have positives and, and negatives, but um, it'd be, it would be great to like have a garage that I could like work out of and just wake up and be like, hey. But at the same time, I don't know that I'd own like I definitely wouldn't be able to afford and own the industrial machines that, you know, the space provides. And I'm just so grateful for, you know, it has a huge CNC and like huge late, like all these, you know, wide belt standards and things that I, I definitely, you know, if I did have my own garage, wouldn't, would probably not be investing in that for quite some time or ever um, just because the cost analysis, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I love, like, I mean, just that's one of the things that's kind of um, kept me in this community and just like just seeing all the different projects and knowing that there's like so much to learn and learning from everybody from, from everywhere, not just, you know, here in San Diego or Southern California, but I've met makers kind of all across the country and even mm-hmm. some throughout the world. And it's pretty fun to like watch people's progression and, and have people support you as well. And um, it's just such a different community that, you know, you, I've been, you know, there's a like competition, but not really competition. It's yes. like most competition with yourself in a way. And you see somebody do something, you're like, oh man, what a great idea. And then that person's just like, yeah, feel free to, you know, kind of like piggyback off of it or whatever, just give the credit, you know? And that's to me, like, it's so cool just to have endless learning. I love learning. Yeah. I'm going to have to look him up. I'm wondering if you have like in your space, if you have that like really amazing artist power carver guy what's his name Huge. yes is he yes. in your space oh my mm-hmm. god yeah he's amazing <laughs> he's absolutely amazing like he's so <laughs> cool I'm always like talking to him about like stuff and I'm just watching him bring stuff to life it, it yeah. is it's incredible um yeah. so you know just to be amongst makers like that who I mean and you know that just find their own realm and master their yeah. own tools and everybody does different things you know there and so it's kind of cool just to see people do different things and be like oh maybe I can use that or maybe I can experiment with that material yeah. um and things like that so we have a half the space is for metal work so mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get you know dip my feet into some welding and things soon I mean it's it's very hot right now and I still have quite a few projects yeah. to work on so but um hopefully you know by by the end of the year I'll, I'll kind of like start getting welding down under you know in my repertoire as well yeah yeah that's definitely also something I've had that I, I wanted to do um I actually ended up giving away the the welder that somebody had gifted me just because it's like I don't have the space right now to separate the two um and I don't feel comfortable welding in a space that I power carve in which just creates like basically tinder for (laughs) to set on fire so um but eventually maybe someday it's like it would be nice to be like a fully like one-stop shop you know 
because I, I like to use metal bases a lot with my work. Um, we shall see if that changes over time, but yeah. Are you from San Diego area originally? Not originally, but I've lived here 19 years. So probably the longest I've lived anywhere. My, I, my parents are Cambodian. Um, I was born in the Philippines, um, but we came over to the United States when I was two months old. Um, My dad got sponsored in Minnesota. So we lived in Minnesota for a few years and then Nebraska. So my dad is a biochemist. So he kind of like spent my entire life going to school and um, getting his postdoctorate. So we went, so my early years was Minnesota, Nebraska, and then we moved to North Carolina for a little bit. And then I ended up graduating um, high school in New York, uh, like kind of like a little bit right outside the city, um, you know, very like farm town rural. Um, And then I thought, well, I'm going to go back to North Carolina because I really liked North Carolina of all the places I lived, but I always in my heart of hearts wanted to come out to California. Like, you know, everyone's like, you're just like have that West coast vibe. And so I started college and then I just decided after one semester, you know what, I'm going to move home and save some money and I'm going to go to the art Institute in San Diego. Well, um, my mom wasn't quite happy with that, but you know, I did, I did it. And then I, I kind of like one of my friends and I, um, that summer decided to drive, make a road trip. I mean, it was just like me and her and like our, my little Cavalier car, like didn't have anything, you know, um, we went South and then West and it took us, you know, probably like a whole, I mean, definitely like a week, week and a half. We went up to Vegas and this was before I was even 21, so I couldn't really do much, but we wanted to just like drive by it. And, you know, she knew a friend there. So we stayed there for like 4th of July. And then the very next day, July 5th, I drove into San Diego and it's been, yeah, 19 years, um, quite an experience. You know, I did a lot of growing up here. I had my daughter here. Um, I've tried many, many things as a maker. <laughs> and I think I finally found something where I feel like okay, this is, this is, this is where I feel the most comfortable, even though a lot of times as I'm learning, I'm not comfortable. I'm having a lot of anxiety and just like scared shitless, but, um, (laughs) but, um, I, I think, you know, for me, I'm the most comfortable when I'm learning, um, just because I don't ever want to stop learning. And I think it's great to, have a vision and then you take a piece of raw wood or whatever, you know, and you pour it, you shape it, and then it becomes this amazing thing at the end. And, you know, I've gone to markets and I've had, you know, it's, it's such a great feeling. People come up and they're like, Oh my gosh, did, did you make this? Is this like, did you hand make this? And I'm like, yes, I did. You know, and it's cool too, you know, like, and I think, you know, like, um, my dad being a biochemist growing up, I always, he always, they always wanted me, you know, and being Asian background, they always wanted me to be medical or something science. And I was always a rebel. I always got tattoos. I always did athletics. I always did art, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. And, um, and I think for the first time, like, you know, my parents are like, I sent them some, you know, a cutting board and things like that. And just kind of talking to my dad about the things that I'm learning and um, have vision for, I think they're, they finally are like, okay, yeah, we, we have faith that you can do something. (laughs) So, um, and that feels good to, you know, have that, that support of my, 
Yeah, and not yeah. that they didn't support me before, but I think, you know, I always felt like, ugh. But. Well, I mean, I think I've had other, um, I would say other children of immigrants on the podcast. And, you know, it seems to be kind of the story is like, <laughs> I don't remember which which guest said it, but it's like, you're either like a doctor, a lawyer, or a failure type thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, exactly. For the longest time, my parents were like, do you even, like, like a pharmacist, just be a pharmacist. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, um, uh, okay. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you have any, do you have any siblings? I do. I have two younger brothers. Um, one is three years younger than me. And um, he, I think he's just kind of like, does, he does random jobs as well. And then my youngest brother, he, he and I are the closest actually. It's kind of funny how that works. Um, but he also just got into the biochemistry, um, field and he's working at the same company as my dad. And, and he actually, he and I are a lot like, um, he's artistic too. And he was saying how, you know, he's doing what he has to do, but what he really wants to do is creative writing. And I told him, you know, just, just go for it. Like you're just, you're young, you can, I mean, you get one life, you know, and I think part of it though, is I've always kind of like been the maker been like doing stuff where like I've never had like a plethora of money like I've kind of just like somehow gotten by you know um and he's making good money and I think right. it's hard for him to like, walk away from that and be like well I could be broke you know I'm like, <laughs> I've always been broke so right. <laughs> good, you know whatever I'm making yeah. <laughs> well I mean it is actually I also had my mom also pushed me towards um science and engineering and that's what I've done for the last 18 years this um this week I start my journey into art school and I'm scared shitless because like, <laughs> I'm like okay I'm old I haven't been a student oh, forever yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you but know? I think it'll be great because you finally like you walk you're walking into the situation and something that you actually want to learn yeah. you know and I think um I always have said this in my life since I think like that pressure to go to college right after high school is just so crazy. Like, I don't agree with it because like, you know, you go through life and you may not know exactly what you want to do. And you you may think, oh, I want to do this thing. You do that career, you you start getting experience and you're just like, you know, what? this isn't really what I want to do. Um, and then you just, you know, I'm I'm 38 and I'm like, oh, wow, I finally found what I wanted to do. And sometimes I'm like, did I find it a little too late? But then I keep thinking to myself, there's people out there like Tina Fey and Steve Carell who right. like didn't make it until they're in their 40s. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> fine. You know, so, yeah. And I think that's so great of you to like go back and, you know, like go find that passion and go learn more about what you really want to do. And, um, that's exciting. Art school is fun. It is, it's definitely a place to you'll, that's where you, you may find your community too. You know, yeah. you're going to find some people there. It's just fun to be, like you said, around other like-minded people who have, um, you know, similar, but yet different goals and visions, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. And I think though, what I like just from being, you know, pretty, fairly self-taught, you know, kind of like yourself with, with the woodworking and stuff. I have understood 
that perhaps the whole like scientific engineering brain isn't that different than the creative brain. It's just being creative in a different way. Um, and so I think like, even as your parents are like, oh my God, can you just become like a pharmacist or whatever? Like, I don't yeah. think like biochemistry is extremely hard. I don't say that like I couldn't be a biochemist. Um, but there is a level of like you're understanding the materials you're working with and you're building something new from, you know, a, a handful of materials. Yeah, yeah, there is some crafting to it. And, you know, um, it's like epoxy, you know, yeah, there's a science exactly. to it. You have, to, I mean, it's not just about mixing the right ratios. Right. There's so much more into it that, you know, making sure the heat's right, making sure you have some air circulation, mm -hmm. making sure, you know, all this, all this stuff. And I recently went home to um, visit my parents. Uh, sorry, my hair, the airplane, I live right by the airport. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, sorry if you hear that. Um, you know, and I, and I'm starting to, as, as I get older, like become, better friends with my parents, you know, mm -hmm. and start having like these conversations. And my dad was just like, you know, when I came to America, I literally, I fell into chemistry. I didn't know if it was going to be good or bad for me. And I just, I really didn't feel like I had a choice, you know, I'm being an immigrant. I had to come and just do something. And he's like, you know, I work really hard now. And I, when I, you know, he's getting ready to retire and, you know, he's been very handy with his, his hands as well. Like he's built the shed in his back house. They have like a, like a little mini garden that they have. He like did the entire basement. And I think just seeing me doing my, what I'm doing with woodworking, mm -hmm. he's like, when I retire, I actually kind of want to do some woodworking. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, when I look back, you know, when your kids, you don't, you look at your parents and you're like, oh, my mom, my dad, you know, now I actually look at them in like actual people. Um, and they're actually very creative. My mom has always been very creative. She's um, a hairstylist, but she's always been a, a hustler, entrepreneur, like always like, oh, like every time I talk to her, or, you know, she's like, oh, I can make money doing this or I can do this and I can do this, you know, and like just like last year I talked to her, I was like FaceTime her and she's like, oh, want to see my loofahs that I'm growing? And I'm like, you're growing loofahs? like what is going on and so it's just like I'm like maybe I should come hang out with you guys you yeah. know like, <laughs> my dad's like when I retire I'm gonna go to Florida I'm like well, maybe I'll come to Florida and we can have room in a woodworking business but um it's just interesting to like you know as you grow older like you find these things and these passions and I honestly would have never thought that I would have gotten like you asked me as a, like a high schooler, like what, what would you, I never have ever like woodworking would never have been a, like a speck in my mind. And, <clears throat> and, you know, I tell my dad now it's like, you know, I'm woodworking. It is artistic, but I'm doing a lot of math, dad. You'd be proud yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of measuring, a lot of angles and a lot yes. of like, like, things <laughs> like fractions. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, what's that? Right, so, right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. different <laughs> yes yeah I mean so you would I mean you went and you got a degree in graphic design would you say like that's kind of like you saw yourself more as like a visual artist like that yeah, was more the path you thought yeah I think I had two paths growing up I was very athletic growing up so I thought I was going to either do something um, you know, like with kinesiology or athletic training. And then I don't know, I did start down that path when I went to Elon in North Carolina. And then something in my mind was just like, nope, 
I, before it's too late, I want to go try this other thing. Cause I've always had like a creative mind, but I mm-hmm. don't ever think I really knew how to like harness it. But you know, like in high school, I, I always took art classes. I was taking drama classes, pottery classes. I took a graphic design class. And I think that's what really sparked my interest. And I was like, Oh, I can, I can do something, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more modern and not just be an illustrator. Um, because I wasn't like, I mean, I like to draw, but I, I didn't like love to draw, you know, I wasn't like the best, you know, there's like people that would just sit and doodle. And I just, I would love to like make things like that were eye appealing. So I thought graphic design was great, you know, but it definitely, um, as I did it more, I just didn't want to sit in front of a computer like all day, every day. It was, you know, and, but it definitely, I'm definitely using that background. Like a lot of the things that I'm learning now, color theory, you know, and how I'm placing, um, just my designs of my boards or certain things that I have an eye for. I mean, those are all things that are coming into play, you know, and as I'm basically owning my own business, I have to make my own logo. I have to like, you know, do all that stuff. So it does, I'm, I am grateful that I have that experience because then I don't have to like outsource it um, or really spend a lot of time learning, learning things like Photoshop or Illustrator because that does take quite a bit of time. Yeah. As, as somebody who gets to pay for the services of graphic designers, I will say that that saves you a lot of money as a business owner. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, are you solo then doing the woodworking business? Yep, it's just me. Um, and I do work um, full time at Apple as well. Um, I'm taking a little break just because I have some like things that I'm trying to work out and I should be going back like either the end of next month or beginning of October. My goal is to leave um, Apple. I've been there for almost 10 years, but um, it's definitely, you know, I appreciate it. And I I think I've just outgrown it. And it's definitely not like a job that, you know, inspires me as far as um, what my creativity can, you know, but I want to also learn how to do some fabrication. You know, I'm definitely like learning like Fusion 360 and um, maybe I'll come back to Apple as a fabricator of making stuff. But, you know, honestly, I just I I've learned in my life that I don't work. I I don't like working for other people. Um, I do it because I have to. But I think I don't mind working hard. I would prefer to work for myself. Like I'll put in 14 hour days, but it's like I would do it for myself, you know. And I think, I mean, yeah, I think most people would, right? That's like the the joke or the meme on social media is like, I quit my full-time job so that I could work like 20 hours a day. (laughs) But but it doesn't feel like work when, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to push the like exhausted lifestyle of what it is, (laughs) no, to run the full-time business and stuff. However, it doesn't necessarily feel like work when it's something that like you're excited about. Yeah, it's a lot more rewarding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm more willing to do it versus like where, you know, if I like have to take a customer complaint call or the phone, it's like, oh, here we go again. You know, right. it's like <laughs> if I have an issue with one right. of my client projects, I'm like, oh, OK, all right, I, I got to yeah. do this. And, you yeah. know, it's like an easier conversation, even though it's still gut wrenching. But I'm like, yeah. all right. I'm going to own up to it, you know? Yeah. Um, But definitely I am working towards that. But, you know, it's funny because I think people like us, like we see it because we're friends with a lot of makers and everybody wants to 
be a maker and be an entrepreneur and like work for themselves and kind of get to that level. Right. But I have some friends that I was talking to that are like, not me. I just want to clock in. I want to clock out. I don't want to think about it. I'm like, you're crazy. I yep. don't know what that is. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it takes all kinds to make this world yes. go around. So I'm, I'm grateful that there are people like that because I, you know, I mean, otherwise there could oh, be. I, I know. That. Like, I mean, I like one of like my best friends since college, like it, it does not bother her to do that, to check in, you know, clock in, clock out. Um, and, and it, oh, it's boggled my mind since we became friends in college. Like I don't understand, number one, don't understand. She was an English yeah. teacher, So don't understand how you can like, just want to read all day long. Number two, <laughs> number two, like, how can you not like work with your hands? Like to me, like that's yeah. the most rewarding thing I can yes. do. Yeah. Um, you know, is be- feeling exhausted, physically exhausted by the end of the day is like, to me, the best feeling ever. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just Putting like a good works, like good days work in, yeah. you know, you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm, I sweat my ass off. Yes. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I really, I learned a lot and I'm, I did this glue up and I cannot wait to like go to the job tomorrow and see it. Whereas like, right. you know, like, I don't know, I have friends that are just like, no, I just like to go like sit at a desk. It's like nice. And I'm like, I couldn't, I could not do that. I tried it and I was like, I gotta go. You guys gotta go. (laughs) It was not, um, definitely not for me. I think I took like a little soccer, soccer ball and I was like trying to dribble and they're like, you got to sit down. And I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I, I definitely. And, and like you said, I mean, probably because we're on social media and we follow all this other large group that's like geeks like us who just want to be like out in their shop (laughs) totally yeah yeah I mean and you know for me half the time spending in the shop is just practicing like things and like I could like you said geek out on that for like hours I'll be like Mm -hmm. trying to perfect some sort of joinery or trying to perfect you know um whatever route path I have it's just like trying to make sure that you know because I'm a perfectionist I obsess over it and so I, I will spend time and time practicing, but it brings me joy to be able to like master something, you know, and to be able to like get something. And even though it is a little frustrating, cause you know, like you want to be able to, I don't think I've ever like done a project where I haven't had to start it over at least once or twice or a component of it where I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't do this again. And it is frustrating. Cause this, and especially as you get towards the end, because you're like, oh, I'm almost there, but then you mess up. But then once you take a breath and you kind of, you know, reassess and reground and regroup, um, and then you get through the project and you kind of like, okay, I learned something, you yeah. know, and I can take away from, okay, I won't be doing that for that or whatever. And, um, it makes that a little bit more efficient for the next time. But, um, to be honest, ever since I kind of just started besides making like serving trays and charcuterie boards and coasters, I've, had a lot of customers come to me and clients come to me for um just kind of like really cool ideas like one-offs that they're like um have you made this and I'm like no and they're like well I think you can do it let's do it and I'm like okay let's do it <laughs> and then I'm you know working with metal or I'm right, working right. with joinery and I'm like all right we did it <laughs> you like okay so you said you started with candles and then you took a leap to wood yeah, well, I think wood was always like in the my the back 
you know, my mind, you know, I think even before candles, I kind of somehow saw a post about something from a local maker about charcuterie boards, um, the, you know, the river, the epoxy and the live edge. And I was like, whoa, I have never seen wood used like that before. And I never really saw the potential of it, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and I just was like, with my graphic design, I was like, that's just beautiful. I don't know. I, I don't cook much. I don't really need it for anything, but I'm, I'm I, I want to do that. And so I kind of went down to um, their, I think actually what happened was my, one of my friends from high school in New York, he actually is in San Diego and he kind of took over this framing shop and he started before he, and he has then started doing boards and things. But before that he started selling this company's boards. And then I saw his post and I was like, that's cool. And I actually then just started following their page. And then I found out they kind of like had this mail, like, you know, this little place, this lumber shop. And they're like, come on down. And I went down and I learned so much. And I was like, dude, I want to do this. And then I bought a board from them as kind of like a reminder to myself, like, do not forget that this is something that you're going to learn, like, you know, and it was, you know, at the time I was like, oh, it's kind of pricey, but I was like, okay. And I didn't really know what it was about, what it entailed, but I was like, I'm, you know, as an artist, I appreciate, you know, like I never really question people's price because I understand what it takes, you know? So I was like, oh, $200. All right. A little pricey, but okay. I appreciate it. And then it just like sat there in my kitchen, like for years. Um, and then pandemic hit. And then I was like, I kind of want to make candles. I don't know why, but I was like, I'll make candles. Cause I want to make my own candles. <laughs> um, cause I, I really like a very citrus, like very lemony, very orange scent. And I wasn't really able to find a consistent candle with that. And I was like, I'll just make my own candle. And then I was like, Oh, this is kind of nice. Like my house always smelled really, really nice. And, but there was, I mean, I guess you could do stuff with candles that are artistic now that I look back at it, but it just wasn't giving me that, like, yeah, the ability to see outside, I guess, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, a soy candle. <laughs> um, and then I just kept looking because I was in my kitchen kind of just like melting wax and doing all the stuff and using a heat, gl- heat gun to like make sure there's no bubbles. And then I kept seeing my board kind of like on my and I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to just try it. And then I kind of, I, um, found like different maker spaces in San Diego. Cause I, I live like in a two bedroom townhome mm-hmm. in Point Loma. There's like literally no space for anything. And I didn't even know where to start. So I just found this space, the, the place that I, where I work at now, um, or intranet. And I kind of took a tour and, he was like, yeah, you can come in and these are the prices and, um, but you got to come and take your first wood chop class and we'll show you how to use the tools. And I was like, okay, that's good. And, um, at this point I still had no idea what the hell I was doing. Like, I was like, I know I need to get epoxy and pour it. And like, I had no idea about molds or all that like, stuff, <laughs> anything, like anything. I was like pigments, like, how do I get the color? Like anything. Like, I was like, I'm just going to, jump in and then in my first class that I took um there the, the like the woodshop 101 before we got the saw stop there they had this huge and they we, we still have it, this huge industrial like table saw like it takes like a minute for it to like completely stop 
well, the teacher was like, yeah, you have to be careful because you get a kickback. And so we were like going through and doing our projects. And, you know, he's like getting a taste for it. So the guy before me, he does it. Sure enough, huge ass kickback, literally like flew back 50 feet. And I was like, uh, what have I got myself into? And then the teacher's like, you ready? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to be fine. Like, this is what he did wrong. Just don't do that. And don't stand behind, you know, so, yeah, okay. yeah. and I'm like shaking and I'm like nervous. And you know, like for me, when I do something for the first time, like now my hands, I feel like my fingers are gotten adjusted to like where my tools are and yeah, how to yeah. handle it. And like, yeah. but when you first do something, like, especially like on a table saw, you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, my fingers are, my fingers are going to like cramp up on me. I don't know what's happening, but then I did it. And then, you know, it was like to see the end result. Um, we just made like a quick, I don't know, like something like just random. Like I was like, okay, but it was just fun to make. Um, and it was fun to like, I felt like just empowered to use those tools. And the teacher that taught that class, he's actually this old dude. That's like, um, a teacher at the Palomar, um, like school here oh. um, and like, he does like woodworking he's done his like name. all kinds I of know his name his name is jerry because that's that's cool. where i took classes that was um at palomar um community college is where okay. i took woodworking yeah classes. he's been yeah. teaching there for a while he's like this older dude it's like anyway he is this cool dude he's like my mentor he's like goes around he's like this is my protege i'm like oh i'm your protege okay <laughs> cool <laughs> But then he like was like, oh, we are looking for interns here. And I was like, what does that mean? And so I found out and I just signed up and I just go there twice a week and I kind of like clean the shop up at the end. And then I, you know, um, I don't pay for my membership. So that kind of helps me save mm -hmm. money um, as a single mom. That really helps. And then, but I got to the point where like, I literally like had lumber all over my place. So I was like, I'm, I need to rent a private spot there. And that has been a lot more efficient. Um but, you know, and just being there and, you know, like you know, like said with the community and seeing other people use new tools and do different types of techniques. Um, and just as I'm learning things, too, there's a lot of cool people that are so helpful. I'll just be like, hey, I know you were going to your project, but um, do you think you can maybe help me when you get a chance? Like, show me how to do this miter. <laughs> and they're like, sure, you know, or I'll be like, how do I, you know, how do you think the best way to cut this data on this? Or how do you think I should do this? And I've learned so much just being there. And I, you know, I think I definitely would be a lot more lost if I didn't have that community. And if I like had a garage of my own and I started getting my own tools, I think my learning would be a lot more slow going because I didn't have somebody, you know, I mean, like there's YouTube and yeah, there's people yeah. that you can reach out to, but it's just, you know, I've just kind of been immersed in it and it's kind of like, I've learned how to use a CNC. I've learned how to use a lathe. I've learned how to use all these things that I, I'm not saying that I'm like super comfortable with it, but I'm getting to the point where I can, okay, I have my, my bearing a little bit and I kind of know how to set things up, you know, um, and, and I haven't lost the passion for it. So. Yeah. 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 I'm curious in, in that space you're in, is it pretty diverse as far as like genders and ethnicity? Do you feel like it's a pretty inclusive space? Um, I would say it 
definitely it's it's inclusive i i feel like we can always use more women makers and we do have a few women makers there that work out of there and it's always great to see them and you mm-hmm. know some of them work on moss stuff some of them work on um you know top topographical you know like uh, stuff or you know and woodworking um some do metal there's not as many that do metal um and i would say yes it is inclusive definitely of you know other races as well but i would like to see more yeah i would definitely like to see more um you know i think it it's just it's hard because uh, i see especially like women and when, when like and women of color there it's a little bit more intimidating to step yeah. into a place like that and then kind of like be like okay so um i i'm glad that you know i'm seeing more of it and uh, but did, it, would, did you feel um did you feel like that was a barrier at all for you when you walked into that space um I don't, I would say, I mean, for me, it was more of like my self-conscious, like me, like being like, oh, um, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. But Mm -hmm. I would say immediately I saw women makers there and I, and I saw, you know, people of color there. And so I definitely felt welcomed and it was definitely inviting, um, I think what was more intimidating is just the level of skill skills and talent that is there and when you're just someone who is you know like never done a thing or just taking the woodshop class and you're like well i have all these ideas but i have nowhere to begin no have no idea it can be a little intimidating but um i think that's kind of like the barrier had to push past because most i would say most makers are very um they're just friendly and they're willing to help like even though like we're all doing our own thing we have our head down we're like working on projects and it may seem like a little bit um intimidating going to someone be like hey can you help me like with this jointer or can you help me with this um i think if we can just look past that because i have talked to another woman of color who um she took the woodshop class and i think we talked about it. She was like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. And that class is inspiring, but now I don't know what to do, you know, like, and I don't know if I feel comfortable asking people. I'm like, look, I'm here. Whenever you see me, you can ask me or if, you know, and so it, I think just as someone who's like new to tools and pow- like power tools and making and not knowing, especially like for me, safety, it was a big yeah. thing. Like, you know, like, it's not like you just walk into a, you know, paint, like a paint class and then you know, like you're going to sit safely in front of the easel and you're, I mean, the right. most unsafe thing you may have is like something, the easel might fall on you, but that's nothing, you know, like where you can have a kickback. I've had a kickback literally hit me. And so I think just having that confidence and like feeling like, okay, I, I can do this and mm-hmm. finding a couple people, even just like one person that you feel comfortable with, that, you know, that is at that shop you know, that is that you're willing to go to. And then you can start kind of opening up that community. But I don't feel like I was like, um, me personally, I didn't have too much of a barrier. I just felt like my passion to learn and to make kind of outgrew or overcame, you know, that, that insecurity. I mean, every day I walk in there, like, I'm like, I have a lot of anxiety and I'm like, okay, I don't know when it is, but 
I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, and I think the more you do it, the easier it gets, you know, mm-hmm. and the more people you meet, of course. And then you kind of just realize like everyone's just there doing their own thing and doing the best they can. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What about a uh, learning curve with resin? Cause I know that there's lots of learning curves with <laughs> resin. Yeah. Um, lots of learning curve. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely realize that it is an expensive, um, expensive piece of equipment because it is, you know, equipment or whatever. Um, it's definitely expensive. So make sure that if you get into it, you know, like your price points and how you're going to price it correctly. And kind of how you're going to use your resin. Um, There's different level, like different types of resin, you know, countertop, there's um, one-to-one, there's two-to-one. So different, so just kind of like know what you're using. And then I would say before you do anything like even on a big level, start kind of small and experiment and see um, like, let's say you pour a big table and then you mix in a pigment that you think you might like, and then you mix it and you're like, actually, I don't like this color. You kind of wasted a lot of materials. So you can do like, um, you know, just kind of like pre-mixes just before. And then it's also really helpful if you know, kind of like the woods that you're working with, cause some are more porous. So, you know, some you're going to have to kind of pre-seal if, you are really wanting something with a very clear, very transparent, um, you know, epoxy uh, layer. You don't want those bubbles and things like that. So, I mean, I think it just depends on what you want to do because you can use epoxy for so much. You can use it for making an actual piece of furniture. You can use it just for the countertop. You can use it for making floors. You can use it for pens. I mean, I think there's just, just like, you know, with wood and furniture that it's endless but um i would just say like if anybody has any questions you can certainly like reach out to me or you know i have a lot of people that i work work you know i'm communicating with that i can ask if i don't know the answer but i've worked with it for the last year and a half and i feel like pretty comfortable and confident with it Mm -hmm. um you know, I've definitely like messed up a lot of times and that's what (laughs) comes from learning. Um, I would say uh, like, especially now when it's hot, it's, it's hard to pour. And, um, just because like, it is a, you know, a chemical reaction, um, and the heat really heats it up. So just like, make sure you have air, good airflow and you have, you know, fans on it and things like that. Um, like I poured a piece that I didn't think I was like going to heat up that much, but I'm glad I put a fan on it because it got really hot and I was like, it's almost cured. And I just poured it yesterday and I poured like two inches up, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. I've, I've definitely lost like Usually my mistakes were always about like, I didn't seal something as well as I thought I sealed it. (laughs) That's usually, and then it's like the race of like, what can I plug that hole with before the entire amount of resin on the floor? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yes, I've like literally had a whole thing where it just has gone up and I'm like, well, there Yep. There goes that. There's the wall. I'm like, hopefully that outlet still works after I clean it. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> yeah, same. It's usually like I didn't seal something enough, the mold. Yeah, it's just definitely um I've learned to work very quickly and you know, um I've let really allowed the mold to really the silicone to really dry and yeah. because sometimes I'm like, oh, it seems dry and I pour it. And I'm like, oops. Yeah. A little <laughs> small leak. A small leak. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so yes, and, and you like work as a Yeah, it's like yeah, you work fine. You know, it's like liquid gold. It's yep. uh, you know, definitely <laughs> like ugh. yeah. But it's, it's fun actually, to work with. It's actually hard for me to believe that you've only been doing it a year and a half because, like, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of time. Like for any of yeah. it. Um, but I feel like you're you know you're definitely producing like polished product at least from what i see on on Thank social you. media um, yeah yeah so i'd say like your passion for it's definitely you know showing and coming through in good product thank you yeah that um i know sometimes i forget like how long i've been doing it for because you know, you just put your head down and you just do it. And then when you look back, you're like, oh, it hasn't that long, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've learned because, you know, like I'm I'm very hard on myself as far as and I'm sure you are, too, you know, like being perfectionist of making sure, you know, and I'm sure like when you give projects to clients, you know that you're the only one that sees certain things. But the thing is, sometimes I have to take a step back and remind myself like, hey, you are still learning. You are just at the beginning of your journey. And, you know, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see where I go in like five to 10 years, you know, and, and what kind of things um, I'll be creating and innovating. And yeah. So something that I like had to teach myself in order to get past the perfectionist hump to make something that like I could sell for not like $20 million because I spent too much time on it. Yeah. Um, is I had to remind myself because I've given enough, you know, either client work or just for family and friends, given enough pieces to people to understand that they never see like the thing that I was like freaking yeah. out about. And so I kind of have taken this approach. Like if I can't see it from about, you know, 18 inches away, it's fine. Just walk away from it. Uh, Because most people aren't going to scrutinize it every day at every angle, right up close to your face. Um, I've, I found, I worry more about how does it feel when I touch it? And then if it's a, you know, 18, 18 inches away, how does it look? Yeah. And I've started telling that to some people, you know, as I'm like teaching or working with them, because I watch them, they're just like so fretting over this yeah. one thing. And I was like, save yourself yeah. <laughs> the the pain of going through this frustration. Take a step back. Can you still see it? No. Run your hand over it. Do you feel it? No. Well, then we're good. Let's just move on to the next step. Um, and I, I totally get it, you know, and I I'm one of those woodworkers who totally scrutinizes too. If I'm looking at a wooden piece of furniture to buy that thing, I, I am the one who's like, okay, yeah. are, there any, are there any scratch marks left I from see. standing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I can feel this. The grain is really raised right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like I also have taken into, I mean, like there has to, like with furniture and joinery, it has to be pretty spot on, but certain yeah. things like, you know, charcuterie board or maybe coasters, like I would always be like, oh, this little bit, but the thing is, I also have to remember it's handmade, like not a robot making it. Yeah. We're human beings and like handmade, like those handmade qualities, those things are like what give it character too, you know? Yeah. So I try to remember that. And then I also use my community around me. Like I'll go and I'll like kind of don't say like what in my mind is wrong. And I'm like, hey, can you take a look at this? And do you see anything wrong? And usually they're like, no, it's fine. And then I'm like, okay, if you don't think there's, and you're a maker and you, you know, <laughs> okay, okay. Then maybe I'm just obsessing too much, yes. you know? So, <laughs> Like just stop obsessing. Move on to the next step. We're fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I I I hear that. I mean, it's. I I guess, and we're towards the we're like at the end. But I do want to ask this question because you've talked about like doing some of the markets and stuff, and I'm just curious, like, because this is the thing that really makes or breaks being able to like do this full time, right? Is like are you finding yourself being able to price things where you need to price them to make it a reality to get there? So I'm finding that as far as I'm not doing the markets anymore at the moment, um, I'm finding that my price point for those specific markets, I mean, cause um, I want to price my, my products so that other woodworkers, you know, can, price their price points at the same price and make money. And, you know, I don't, it, I don't like it when I see a board, uh, you know, an epoxy board on Etsy from China, that's like $50. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not even going to cover anything. So I try to price it. So, you know, so that it is good for me and, and the market and the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people do understand, you know, I haven't had too many people who have come to me and said, Hey, I want to buy this. Can you tell me how much it is? I tell them they're kind of like, okay, usually what happens is they never say, Oh, that's like, I would never pay that. Or that's too much. They'll usually say, okay, well now I know Um, I'm going to have to wait a couple months. So I have in my budget, like I want to do it. So I, at the markets though, I did find that I wasn't getting, I mean, I sold a couple pieces and I sold like kind of the smaller things like coasters mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, I'm finding that I don't want to do coasters because it's not in the price point that I want to really be selling at. And to make coasters, it's just as hard as making something yes. else. If not, if not more hard because it's yes. like little and I have, yes. and again, that, that obsession of like, uh, you know, so I'm just kind of like, taking that out unless it's like a company or business that's like buying in bulk and I can yeah. kind of see see that right um and the markets like, like I said I sold a couple things and I got a lot of like interest and I got my contact out there for people that were like oh I want to maybe do this for my counter hot space or my kitchen things like that but um I will say a lot of my stuff just comes from my contacts or just Instagram or just being out in public and talking about it. And like, you know, I've worked at Apple. I've worked at, hi, (laughs) you know, I worked at Starbucks. I've lived in many couple of different, you know, just like States. And so I've kept kind of in contact with all those people and that has kind of helped me along the way. And they've kind of seen my journey and they're like, Oh, I want to buy this board or I do you do this. Can you make this? And I'm like, yeah. So 
in that sense, I've been lucky that I'm not like incredibly busy, but I'm busy enough that I have people who appreciate my work and will pay me the price that I ask them to pay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're, we are at the end of our time together and, um, I want to give you a chance to let people know how they can find you and follow along with all the things you're doing. Um, yeah, so I appreciate this time, Katie. Um, you can just find me. Uh, a lot of my stuff is on Instagram. I'm, you know, still trying to get my footing with kind of like all the marketing and stuff. Um, so I'm just that Boon Loon, B-O-U-N-L-O-U-N. Um, I'm working on my website. I've been saying that for some time now, but it's mostly because again, I'm a perfectionist and I don't want to just put stuff out there. I want to actually have like a very cohesive, you know, site, um, modern site. So I'm hoping to get that up before the holiday season, which is coming up fast upon us. So, mm-hmm. um, and my domain should just be boonloon.com. So, okay. I got my name handle, nothing, nothing, you know, too crazy. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thanks for chatting today. I really enjoyed it and enjoyed learning about how you got into doing what you do. Thanks for making the time and space for me. I appreciate, you know, letting my story out and hopefully, uh, meeting some new people. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So again, that was Boon Loon and I will include the link on how you can follow along with her on Instagram and her website, uh, address so that you can check that out as soon as it's up and running. Uh, That will be in the show notes, and the best places to find that is the description for the episode on your podcast app. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube on the Freeman Furnishings YouTube channel, then you can check the description box down below. Lastly, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find all of the episodes there, including this one. Um, please follow along with the podcast on Instagram. It's just at crafting a revolution. Uh, no spaces, underscores, anything all ran together. And just as it sounds, crafting a revolution. You can also say hi to your hosts over there. Myself, Katie Freeman at Freeman Furnishings. And my co-host, Katie Thompson at Women of Woodworking. Big shout out and thanks to Ashley Minnie for writing and producing this theme song for the podcast. And uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode on Friday, assuming grad school has not killed me by then. So (laughs) as always, and in the meantime, let's go craft a revolution. She crafted, they got something